Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Welcome to the 195th week of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. This is Jared podcasting alongside Lucas and Bart this week. Let's jump straight in with a little bit of news we, we missed. The biggest news that we're not going to talk about um, in full detail is that Damian Lillard has been traded from the Blazers to the Milwaukee Bucks in a three-team trade, also involving the Suns. Um, I'm not a huge basketball watcher. Like I am the Portland person, I guess. Thank you, Dame. And I don't have any, like, ill will towards him leaving or, like, wanting to get out. I think he kind of did go to, like, maybe one of the best situations possible. Probably even better than the Heat that he wanted to go to. What, mm. what do other people think or have any other comments on that? Yeah, I, I think it's it's a good fit. I think it's, yeah, it's funny because he, he was, like, he was insisting on the Heat thing. And apparently he was saying if it's anything else, like, I'm retracting my trade request. But then the... The Blazers GM was like, we don't care. Apparently, right? He was like, we're just going to trade Yeah, him. and like ignored him and like didn't talk to him. I don't know. I read, the, I read part of the... I forget whose article it was, but like the whole like in-depth story of what happened. And, mm. Yeah. I mean, they didn't do him dirty, though. Like, they st- they didn't send him to Orlando, no. you know? <laughs> you know, or... It's just the, the weather is a... <laughs> <different>. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's not, as, it's not much I, worse than Portland. But no, but I mean, Wisconsin here. versus Miami... Yeah. Oh, yeah, so. but he wants rings. He doesn't care about weather. He wants rings. That's why he requested a trade. That's why I say. Well, I think it immediately makes the Bucks the favorites to win the NBA title. Yeah. I mean, they, the fact that they kept Middleton and Lopez too, and only had to give up Drew is. I don't I know. Impressive. You don't. They don't know. I mean, the Nuggets were so good last year. Yeah, and I think like, adding Dame to that team is like another level. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like I think. I, I, I mean, I think maybe Jokic is maybe slightly better than Giannis at this point, but I think Dame is just far and away better than Jamal Murray. And then plus the Nuggets lost like Bruce Brown, right? I don't know. Far. I don't maybe yeah. far and away is an exaggeration. I think maybe I might give them slightly the edge of that at this point. Bart, let's be honest. Jokic's season last last season was a fluke. Let's just be honest about it. <laughs> Stop. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I'm a, a full throated Jokic. Uh, <laughs> fan now since there's no mvp beef with him and Embiid and Embiid got his mvp i can mm-hmm. admit to what i've i've known all along that you'll get <laughs> an excellent player he's good he's very good. uh but also i think the blazers like overall return including when they shipped drew holiday to the celtics um as part of the like i guess an after move is really good um they got deandre ayton robert williams the third malcolm brogdon and then a bunch of picks so Milwaukee's 2029 first round pick swaps with the Bucks in 28 and 30, the Celtics 2029 first round, and a 2024 first round pick from the Golden State Warriors. Oh, so what? Why are they trading 2029 picks? Why, why that far out? Because I think the thought is that the Bucks will be bad Worse. by then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you trade for a 2024 five Bucks pick, and it's like, well, this will probably be good, but by 2029, Giannis is in his. Mid thirties. Okay, I gotcha. I'm curious. I'm curious what the there must be a limit on how far out you can trade. 
picks, right? You would th- you would think the thirty five hundred, the thirty year thirty five hundred pick. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I, people say these these kids are in eighth grade now. Like, <laughs> and that GM, what, that GM might like, not even be making that pick. Probably won't. Like, yeah. most don't last that long. So interesting. Yeah, the the, the people that will be picked for these picks were born in two thousand ten, which is mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go to MLB real quick too. The MLB regular season ends today. The Mariners and Cubs unfortunately did not make the playoffs due to epic collapses. Uh, at least in the Cubs, I think was a little bit more epic than the Mariners. Mm-hmm. The Mariners had a chance, I believe, on s- last night, right? If they would have beat the Rangers, mm-hmm. but yeah, mm. yeah, it was tough. I mean, the the AL West was like a, a big three way fight for like the last month of the season, and the Mariners were the the odd team out. The Rangers won the division, and the Astros were close second and got the wild card. So, tough for the Mariners, but that's what it is. The Cubs, yeah, I think the Cubs at one point had like a 90-something percent chance to make the postseason. Just fell Yikes. apart in the last like two or three weeks of the season. So, tough luck. Um, and go ahead, White Bart. <coughs> oh, I was just echoing tough luck. Yeah, indeed. Um, and other baseball news, Ronald Acuna Jr. had a 40 home run, 70 stolen base season, which has never been done before in the history of Major League Baseball. I, with some incredible clairvoyance, (laughs) foresight, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) called the 40-40 season from Ronald Acuna Jr. specifically, uh, in our MLB, like, pre, or MLB early season predictions episode, um, I did. I was apparently too too tame though of a prediction because forty. He went. He went and did forty seventy, which is crazy. Great. Yeah, but I don't even remember what your reasoning was. I don't know how you saw it coming, but that was impressive. The bases yeah. got a little bit larger, um, and then they limited how many times a, a pitcher could pick uh, could pick off to first base. Those were two. I remember those were two of my. And then pitch clock might have been like factored right. in there. I remember those were some of my biggest rationale though. Was the the bases getting bigger? And limit a pickoff, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, worked out. Yeah, it did. Oh, oh, I was just gonna give a little shout out too. Uh, to yeah. the two of you, I think, are the only undefeated players in the in our fantasy football league right now. Mm-hmm. Want to give a little round Ayo. of applause to that before we got started? Yeah, but Aiden, hopefully, last I checked, Aiden might beat me this week. So I don't think so. Oh, no, I was about to pull it up, and then an ad <laughs> popped up, and then I I, I quit. Closed out of the ad because I wanted to check that too. But then the ad popped up and it was making noise, and I'm like furiously trying to close it out before it. So, so I have it on my phone. Yeah, Bart, you're, you're at 89% to win right now. Over <laughs> ah, okay, well, don't look at the, at the points against rankings. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you've been, you've uh, scored a lot though, too. It's not been like, are you, are you implying that you got lucky or something? Oh, yeah. No, you haven't. You definitely have it. No, you definitely have it. Right. You've been mm-hmm. scoring a lot of points. You have Tyreek Hill. So if you have Tyreek Hill this year, I feel like your team's like kind of going crazy, to be honest. Titans yeah, so. Dolphins have gone off. Yeah. All right. I have Raheem Mostert, so <laughs> that's been helping my team too. But he had a bad game today mm-hmm. um, by his standards. Anyway, you guys, all, all the listeners that have been loyal listeners of the Launchpad Guys podcast, hopefully that becomes you if you're not a loyal listener. You know that we went to mm-hmm. Notre Dame. We are Notre Dame grads. And, of course, we have to talk about our beloved fighting Irish football team. Um, they just, uh, before, before um, the last, from the last time that we had an episode, they 
Lost to Ohio State in a heartbreaker. Some say snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, you could say. <laughs> um, at Notre Dame Stadium, they traveled to Duke where game day was there again for the second straight week, covered a Notre Dame game, and squeaked out that one, snatched victory from the jaws of defeat in that case. <laughs> um, I'll go, I want to start off, I guess, a little bit on my take is just that, like, I think our administration, I'm going back all the way to the OC search and everything, has just failed Sam Hartman and really failed this team that it is really like, if we don't win out, it's honestly a disappointment in my mind. Um, if we don't make the playoffs with how good of a quarterback we have in Sam Hartman this year, anything that like a playoff berth is the only option that would be a successful season in my opinion. And the thing is we have a really tough schedule coming up. Obviously we have USC Clemson, I think is still going to be a big game, especially because that one's on the road. And then all those other games in between though, this is the, the big thing that I think we have to put in perspective is that the Freeman era teams have not proven that they can win the games they're supposed to. We lost to Marshall and Stanford last year, for example. Duke was a game we were supposed to win. And yes, we did, but we definitely did not do it in convincing fashion. And, on, and in some ways, you could maybe even say we should have lost that game. And I, I'm really worried for like, we have a, a new head coach who, you know, we had 10 players on the field on the final two games of Ohio State. That sort of stuff happens. I, um, I get it. And he's a rookie head coach, so he didn't get a chance to, like, I've heard people, like, cut his teeth at, like, Grand Valley State like Brian Kelly did, right, and make those mistakes when nobody's watching. Marcus Freeman's mm-hmm. mistakes are going to be made on a national stage just because he's his very first coaching job is Notre Dame. So mm-hmm. I will give, like, a little bit of grace to that. It's still tough really tough that that's the way we lost but i can understand that but then like pairing that with an offensive coordinator that's never called plays before never been an offensive coordinator before and then we and then like we're surprised that once in our two biggest games of the year our offense doesn't look that great i think i just wish our administration or whatever happened in that oc search would have went way differently and we would have gotten a really experienced oc and because this is the way that Notre Dame has been losing games, these sorts of games all the time, like the Ohio State game um, last year, for example, the reason we lost is because we couldn't put up points, really. Georgia 2019, the reason we lost is because we couldn't put up points. Even Georgia 17, the reason we lost really was because we couldn't put up points. And those sorts of like, that's the way that Notre Dame always loses games is I feel like our defense plays well enough to win. Certainly these last two weeks, defense definitely played well enough to win. Um, but we're still losing. We're still like in these games where the big games, our offense can't get over that hump. And I I thought at the start of the year, when we were looking really good, that Sam Hartman was kind of showing how good of a team we actually had. Like, look at the receiver talent we have. We actually have a quarterback that can kind of finally make that shine. But what I'm actually feel like now after this Duke game is that Sam Hartman is masking the flaws of our team a little bit Mm -hmm. that like our receiver core didn't really have a good game. We had some injuries um, in there, but like, again, our tight end is our best receiver again, when it really should be some person on the outside. And Rico Flores had a really good game. So I want to give him a shout out, but it still feels like the, the talk about like Notre Dame's making progress. I'm, I, maybe I'm becoming a pessimistic, like Lucas type Notre Dame fan, but this is how, this is how we've been the last every year since I've been a fan, we lose the games because our offense can't put up the points. Like, can't put up the points. And, and and going back to this too with having a rookie head coach and a rookie uh, – or not a rookie head coach, but a new head coach um, and a rookie OC, 
is, is um, after that play where Sam Hartman ran for that fourth and 16 or whatever it was, came, like, presence of mind, go spike the ball. And then we didn't get a play in until there was, like, 10 seconds left on the play clock. And I'm honestly not convinced we did get a play in. I honestly feel like in, in some ways mm-hmm. I almost would have believed it if Sam Hartman just, like, I'm calling this run. But, again, he had the presence of mind to know there's only 10 seconds on the play clock. You could see him rushing the offensive lineman onto the ball, and then we get a touchdown. It's just basically my whole take here is that we're failing the potential of this team when we have the best quarterback that we've had since I've been a fan, like bar, bar none. And we're really just like wasting the potential because our administration or like the higher ups, let's say, just didn't put us in the positions to succeed. And that's just tough. I'm, I'm a frustrated Notre Dame fan this week. That's what I'm going to say. Oh. Uh, maybe it's because I didn't watch the game last night for full disclosure. I, I, I watched highlights under recaps this morning while I was waiting at the airport, but I didn't. I didn't watch the game last night. But from that, from and from watching the Ohio State game and other full disclosure for for our listeners, we were scheduled to do a podcast last weekend, but two thirds <laughs> of us did not feel in an emotional state to be <laughs> to be able to do that. Um, but now that the emotions have settled a little bit, um, I'm I'm much more bullish. That that's the positive one, right? On on yeah. Notre Dame than Jared is. Um, I I don't know. I think that like the 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 level of young talent on this team. Like yes, Hartman's best quarterback we've had, but considering um, the youth of Notre Dame's team at this point, I'm very impressed with how they played this year. And you said it's how Notre Dame loses games, all that. But I think this feels distinctly different than the Brian Kelly era. I think the teams are the team like competes when it needs to. I think honestly, you can write off Marshall and Stanford last year. That's <laughs> you can't write that, that whole year was. You can't I think, write that off. No, I think you. I I think you absolutely can because of the situation with Brian Kelly leaving right before the season starts. There's not a real transition. Like I think that that last year you can just a little bit in some ways write off is just like the chaos because once. Freeman got settled last year. They beat Clemson. They finished their off strong. They won the bowl game. Like, I think once the chaos of Kelly leaving and all that settled, it turned out well. They beat good opponents in Clemson. Um, sure, they lost to USCB at the end of the year. But, you know, other than that, I think they had, like, a very good second half of the year. And they competed with Ohio State. I don't think in the Brian Kelly era they would have competed with Ohio State or competed with teams of that nature. Like, you look at Brian Kelly's big, big games, you know, Alabama national championship game forty two to fourteen, Clemson in the college football playoff thirty to three. Like Notre Dame did not look like it had the talent to compete with those teams, and now it does. Like there are still obvious issues that need to be solved. Like having ten men on the field is inexcusable in the last play of the game, but the talent gap I think is closed to to a very significant degree, especially when you look at the youth of the team. Like Flores and um, Greenhouse are both freshman re- receivers. They, uh, Jeremiah Love, right, at running back. I mean, the fact that Notre Dame is playing with five running backs, essentially, who can all carry the ball and contribute, I think, is something that d- didn't happen under Brian Kelly. Like, Notre Dame could not recruit athletes under Kelly, and now they're doing that. So, I don't know. I, I'm actually pretty optimistic. I think it's it'll t- still take another year or two, but I, I don't feel that same sense of failure. I think that, like, I'm relatively optimistic because... Um, somebody shared this Bobby Bowden quote um, when Florida State beat LSU however much it's like first you lose by a lot then you lose by a little 
And then you beat them by a little, and then you beat them by a lot. Because against Brian Kelly coach teams, uh, Florida State had like gotten destroyed in twenty nineteen, or what, whatever. But and anyway, it built up to them like losing by a lot to Notre Dame, then losing by a little to Notre Dame, then beating LSU slightly, and then um, beating LSU by a lot. And it kind of feels like Notre Dame's on the lose by a little part of that, where it's like. Notre Dame used to get destroyed in big games. Like, to me, this feels significantly different. Like, Miami, 2017, another one. They'll lose 40-8. I can't see that happening to this Notre Dame team. Like, yes, there are errors, but they seem to be able to better compete athletically with teams, and I think it's a large part due to Freeman's recruiting, too. Like, it feels like they can get the level of talent to compete. And so, yeah, I'm optimistic because, like, in that sort of scheme of, like, lose by a little, or lose by a lot, lose by a little, win by a little, win by a lot... Feels like we're right on the cusp of lose by a little to win a little. Like that Ohio State game, they should have won. I saw like millions of advanced stats that said that Notre Dame should have won that game. Um, and so there were some little coaching errors, but and was it devastating? And was it five thirty a.m. here and I slammed my laptop shut and like <laughs> stomped around the the room a little bit? Sure, but like I I feel. In retrospect, like, yes, it's frustrating. Yes, it feels like it always happens, but it feels like it feels different. It, like, yes, Notre Dame loses big games, but this feels like at least they actually competed. Like, I, I never really felt like Notre Dame actually competed in big games for the better part of the Kelly era, at least. How different would your point be, Jared, if they hadn't given up the, the third and 19 outrageous conversion to Igbuka? Right? I don't know. I think I'm on Lucas's side, but I also feel like all three of Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Duke this year are pretty flawed teams. And so mm-hmm. my optimism is kind of uh, like limited, I think, by the fact that even if we had won both of those games, I don't know that I would be super high on Notre Dame this year. I think it's, to your, to your point, Jared, the offense is what concerns me more right now. I agree. After those first few games, like Hartman was getting Heisman attention, which is obviously mm-hmm. funny after three games. But it looked like they were elite, right? And then all of a sudden, it's we, they've come back down to earth. So I, I am a little bit worried about the offense, for sure. But also, I wanted to mention that there are definitely games where, like, okay, you might not be referring to bowl games, but, like, the, the Oklahoma State game, it wasn't our offense that let us down. It was our defense. Last mm-hmm. year, the, game, the bowl game against, was it South Carolina? Mm-hmm. Shootout. Mm-hmm. Offense carried them. I was looking at also the, the loss that we had to USC at the end of last season. Uh, also, it was more so the defense letting them down. So there are definitely examples of, you know, not the offense struggling, but I think generally you're right that it's usually been that way, not the other way around, which is frustrating. I think we need to keep letting Freeman cook as far as recruiting goes mm-hmm. and accumulate more skill positions, especially the receivers. I think that's really the biggest knock against Notre Dame right now. They, we, when's the last time we had a truly elite receiver? Even with Hartman, like you were saying, Hartman can't do it all with just a good tight end. It's like the Michael Mayer thing all over again with Evans. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I digress. Yeah, I hear I you. I see potential, though. Oh, go ahead. I would say my rebuttal, I guess, to Lucas's point is I'll give you for sure Miami 2017. But Alabama and Clemson, those years we got blown out, that was like literally the best team in the country, where I don't think Ohio State is the best team in the country. So we haven't proven that we could compete with like the best team in the country, that we're like truly national championship contenders. If we lose that game, if we yeah. win that game, then we still have the argument. But if we lose that game, then I don't, I don't think we have the argument. Anymore. Okay, but name, name a time when Notre Dame played a team of, of a comparable caliber and competed. Clemson. I think of Michigan in 2020. Mm-hmm. 
Trevor Lawrence was hurt. Their entire defense was hurt. Like Did, it was. They still put up forty time, points. It, they still put up forty points. Forty five. I think that's more of an, an indictment of Notre Dame than it is. Of, exactly though. Yes. That's the. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, like I don't. I don't consider that even like a huge victory because I. It was not Clemson anywhere close to full strength. Like give me another time where. Okay, then uh, then we haven't the team at that level. Georgia. Okay, Georgia 2019. Have. If we're talking about moral losses, then Georgia 2019 is the same thing. Where we lost by a touchdown. I'll give you that. You know what I mean? And then you can use that same argument in 2020. You can use that on Clemson's win last year if you want to. And be like, well, Clemson wasn't the same team, you know, as they were last year. Yeah. I mean, that's totally fair. But I just think that there aren't the blowouts. Like, yes, Alabama, yes, Clemson. But, I mean, I think of Michigan in 2019. That was a Mm -hmm. devastating loss. Miami in 2017. Mm -hmm. Um that's yeah. fair. Maybe we have to like, give it more time. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I think that Notre Dame yeah, traditionally has lost even games like this. Going back in my like sample size from mm-hmm. two thousand and two forward, this seems like. I don't know. This seems encouraging. Like again, Ohio State. I agree with Bart. Is a very flawed team this year, but. I don't know. I think that there's a level of talent at least. Like a team like with this level of consistent recruiting and talent that Ohio State is, literally has not traditionally competed with. Okay. A couple things, though, I'll say. Is it still going to be encouraging for you, though, when Sam Hartman leaves and we have a different quarterback who is going to be a complete unknown, most likely, unless we get in some other transfer? Like, for example, Tyler Buckner, I mean, Drew Pine last year do not, win that, do not win the Duke game. They don't march down 98 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm that optimistic. Is this team this team is is this team the same team we had last year, but we have Sam Hartman? Is is my worry. And that we're actually not making that much progress. Cause the progress that we made the progress that we made in Ohio State, like our O line, we looked super well conditioned. Like we were the second half, the O line dominated the second half. And I was like, okay, dang, we are a super well conditioned team. And then we didn't make that progress. That progress didn't carry carry over to the Duke game. So my so I guess my question is. Are you still optimistic even if we don't have a Sam Hartman as our quarterback? Yes. I think because, like, the the depth and, like, the young depth is very, very encouraging to me. Mm-hmm. Like, wide receiver. Merriweather is a sophomore. Jen Thomas is a sophomore. Rico Flores is a freshman. Jaden Greathouse is a freshman. All four of their best receivers. I mean, I don't know how, how you want to consider Chris Tyree. But I'd say, like, four of their highest volume, most contributing receivers are all freshmen or sophomores, and they have looked good this year. Certainly better than last year. Certainly better than I think Notre Dame has had receivers, maybe. I think this level of receiver core is best that Notre Dame's had since 2015 um, with um, Wolf or like, that that whole era of people. The running backs, Estevez a junior. He'll probably be gone for the draft after this year, but behind him, Haynes a freshman. Price is a freshman. Ford is a senior. He'll be gone, and then Love is a freshman. So three of your five contributing running backs all freshmen too. I think, like like we've talked about in the series, Notre Dame can compete in the trenches, but they don't have the athlete to compete with the high level teams. And I think the fact that they have so many young like players at the skill positions is really encouraging to the fact that they could contribute going forward. Does Hartman play a big part of it this year? Absolutely, but I don't think it's like totally going to destroy them next year when he leaves. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I go back to my worry now is that Sam Hartman is, like, masking, I guess, some sort of deficiency we still have at the wide receiver position rather than, like, 
illustrating this is how good our receiver core is. I don't know that anymore. I used to think it, it was that way, but no, I think it's the former, personally. The other thing too I will say is I am I am like a Freeman supporter and like stoked for what he can do on the recruiting trail. But our final rankings last year didn't actually turn out that much better than like what they do under Brian Kelly area. We finished twelfth. This year we're eighth. That's like about the same as what Brian Wood Kelly was doing too. Or excuse me, this year we're twelfth. Or yeah, twenty twenty three we finished twelfth. Twenty twenty four we're tracking for eighth right now. That's not like I guess what I the jump I would want to see is we're in the top four all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. so i i still do think he probably is a better recruiter than brian kelly and like the hype was definitely bigger than it probably was under brian kelly but in terms of where we actually finished like looking at the data i don't know it's not like crazy yeah, but, higher than we used to do but recruiting rankings are also different with transfer portal nil all that sort of stuff too and yeah. we've gotten good good transfers in the time i would say i mean sam hartman obviously being the key like that recruiting Sam Hartman through a transfer portal is a way bigger deal than whatever their final recruiting ranking was. Uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste has been really good this year, too. Mm-hmm. The defensive mm-hmm. end, the edge. Uh, so, I think that recruiting in the traditional sense, maybe the numbers are similar to Kelly, but I do think Freeman is better at, like, at accumulating talent through the, the portal. And I think players just also like him better and want to play for him more which i don't think is like i think you can leverage an eighth place into a, pl- a playoffs more easily with a coach like freeman than you can yeah, like yeah i think the reporters like him better too to be honest which leads me into another question i want to ask you guys is the honeymoon period of the freeman era over or are we still in it right now because and the reason i ask is because I kind of feel like he got off like decently light actually for the Ohio State 10 players thing. I don't really think like national media for sure did not really really like go into it I felt like. Do you think is the honeymoon period of the Freeman era over we are are we still in it? I think it's over. I also it's funny that you say that because my my perception was that he he did get a lot of uh like criticism for that. Interesting. I feel like so, I feel like Ryan Day Ryan Day going after Lou Holtz got way more attention. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, for sure. That was strange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think people are like aware of what Freeman is as a coach now, and it's like I, I agree with you, Lucas. Earlier, you said that the like we can kind of discount the the Marshall losses and the Stanford loss. Uh, I don't think people would would be willing to do anything like that anymore this season. So I, I would say mm-hmm. in that sense, it's over. Yeah. I, I totally agree with what Bart said. Like, I don't think that would become so much slack this year, but I think that, I don't know, I think that he has proven himself to have been a better coach than Brian Kelly over his first year and a half. Like, people want to forget that, like, in Kelly's first year and a half, first year, I think they lost to Tulsa, which is equally bad to losing to Marshall. I think the trajectory was saying there may be eight, I think they were 8-5 and five in both his first two years or something like that. Um, I think you know they were nine and four last year. Notre Dame was mm-hmm. this year. They'll probably be better than that. I think that while Freeman inherited more than Kelly did in terms of the, yeah. of the program, I think that it is not. I don't know. I quite like what Freeman is doing. I like him, and I don't think it's just me like 
liking like rooting for him and rooting for the situation that he was put into because given Kelly leaving in the middle of the night via text I really wanted whoever <laughs> replaces yeah. him to succeed because I think yeah. that was not the most graceful and so like part of me I think is just really rooting for Freeman because I want to see like like a little bit of like a nephew to Brian Kelly like on the way out I mean I understand why he did it the money was crazy but I, and, and given the given given the chaos of how it all happened, I'm rooting for whoever plays him, and that's Freeman. And I I like Freeman too. I think the players like him better too. Um, so yeah, but so I think I'm, he's building a good culture there and all that. Okay, cool. So then, what I'm hearing then is the honeymoon period is definitely not over for you, Lucas. I wouldn't. I would say it's we're still firmly in the honeymoon period. From that, that's the <laughs> kind of me, language I'm talking about. My definition of the honeymoon period, we're definitely still in it. That's what I hear. If we're still for, like, I yeah, mean, for, we're like, my, we're still like, yeah, we're optimistic. I'm a little bit more like the honeymoon, the honeymoon period for me ended last night. Even win or lose that game okay. that ended the honeymoon period. I was, I was willing I to mean, cut him some slack for the Ohio state game. Like again, he's a new coach and all his mistakes are going to be in prime time, like national television. I get it. Mm-hmm. But last, la- after last game, the honeymoon period for me is over. Not that I'm like calling, see, for, think, like, not that I'm like pitchforks and stuff, but I'm just like, no more, there's no more excuses anymore. I, but I think with last night with Duke, I don't think Brian Kelly would have won that game. I'm he would no. I think he that. absolutely would have. He won the games where we were favored. He generally did very very well. We did totally well in those. Yeah. I'll have to I'll have to find like the exact stat, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah, we've run we've won forty straight. We've won forty straight games against ACC opponents in the regular season. Like that's Brian. That's a yeah, lot that's of Brian crazy. Lucas, I'm I'm guessing what you meant more was like it, the, given the. The uh, late, uh, yes, like difficulties and how they had to get a, a late score. I'm not convinced that Brian Kelly would have been able to engineer the comeback, basically. But do, yeah, yeah. do you think, think Marcus? But do you think Marcus the... Freeman engineered this comeback? I think Sam Hartman did. So if Brian You're Kelly right. had Sam it's Hartman, he would do to... it too. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Um, I had another I feel... question too. I got it. Go ahead, Lucas. Oh, I feel like I'm among Notre Dame fans of the. The honeymoon era is still going on. Like when yeah. I just read Twitter comments and stuff like that, people are very still pro Freeman, and maybe it's the same sentiment as me, the mix of like wanting him to succeed given the Kelly thing and him just being like a likable guy. Um, but I think among Notre Dame fans, there's still a honeymoon era. But I agree with both. I think among like the media, like I think maybe too, there's like less of a honeymoon now because I agree with Bart. I think he did get a lot of flack for the um um for the ten men on the field thing. Yeah. But again, but don't you think the the Ryan Day comments got way like all of the conversation was about Ryan Day in Ohio State and like oh you can tell he's feeling the pressure that he's going after Lou Holtz in a post game interview like literally right after he was thinking about that. <laughs> Ryan Day got way more got way more, I thought um, attention than in my opinion than Freeman. But it's hard to quantify. <laughs> yeah, in other words, Freeman got lucky. <laughs> he kind of got. I think he kind of did anything. get a lot of lucky, to be honest. I don't know. I think I, I probably was just I, like I feel like I saw a lot of Pete Sampson, the athletic correspondent from Notre Dame, uh, yeah. crapping on it, and maybe that's what's kind of warping my perception. But okay, the athletic definitely definitely gave a lot of criticism about it. <laughs> Sampson is also like the biggest Notre Dame homer ever. I don't. I follow him on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I feel like I think he's kind of paid to be though. But yeah, yeah, I think he I will... that is actually his job to be like a paid, biased journalist. Like I don't know. <laughs> 
the position is. But I will say he he has a podcast called The Independent. That's like a Notre Dame one, mm-hmm. and that's my favorite mm-hmm. sports podcast right now, personally. So I think it's worth listening. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. I think he has good takes on it, and some of the takes came from that too, like asking if the honeymoon period was over and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. All right, we had a lot to say about Notre. Does anybody else have more to say about Notre Dame or? Well, it's yeah. a br- oh, ahead, it's a brutal me. stretch coming up. I, like, say the I think yeah. the Louisville somehow being good, uh, then USC, then Clemson. Yeah, I don't know if that's the exact like back to back back or whatever, but it, those three games are going to be tough. I think that will indicate a lot. My feelings on the my optimism too. Because I'm still feeling good, but if they drop the game, like, I'd say two of the three of Clemson, USC, and Louisville, I will be less optimistic than I was. I think at this point, yeah, we need to win two of those three, for sure. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if if we lose to SC, just because I'm not sure our offense can keep pace with them. Because USC is going, they're going to put up at least 30. They might put up 40 on us. It's just going to happen. But... Can our offense do it? Like Colorado's offense could, but I don't know. Can our? I'm not sure if our offense can, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We're playing at home though, too, which is nice about that game. Mm-hmm. So, you'll be there, right? Yeah, we'll be yep. there. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have a great track record of winning at the games that we go to. So we don't. We don't. Well, we hopefully it's. We went to Cincinnati. We went to Cincinnati in twenty twenty one, which is like a toss up. Okay, Stanford though we went to last year. We should have won that. That was ridiculous. We should have won that one. Yeah. Um, we twenty nineteen. We played State. like what, like Eastern Tennessee or something like that. It was, so. New, Me- it was New Mexico State. New, New Mexico, Mexico State. State. So we won that one. That was a win. Yeah. We'll see. All right, let's go to just like a little discussion on college football parody. This is a take that I think a lot of national journalists have had, at least like Joel Klatt, and I agree with this, is that this year does feel a lot more wide open than previous years and that there's not like one team that is clearly cut like above the rest. Georgia, for example, like this week was shown, they kind of struggled against Auburn, for example. Their defense is still really good and their offense kind of had to make some plays, but I don't. their offense is not that same level. Like we kind of have to give Stetson Bennett a little bit of credit, actually. He, he, he ran that offense quite well when he was at Georgia. Um, I think there's not, yeah, there's not as clear cut of a top team and it almost feels like 10 teams potentially could win it all. So maybe we can like, we don't have a clear cut format, but maybe you can go down the AP top 25, just go down the order and be like, do we think this team could win a national title or not? Do you want, what do you think of that? For sure. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Georgia. I obviously think they can win yes. a national title. Like yeah. They've won two in a yeah. row. Kirby Smart's the best coach in the game right now. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we all agree on that. Let's yes. just skip Georgia. Michigan. I think I also think Michigan could is definitely capable. Um, and here's the thing about like why it loves to compare Notre Dame to Big Ten teams and like try to tell us that we'll get to Penn State later. Tells to tell us that Penn State is better than Notre Dame and stuff. I think for now I kind of do have to concede though that Michigan is better than Notre Dame because I've seen them do it twice yeah. beat Ohio State. So I, at this point yeah. I'm like okay I have to concede Michigan is just a better program than Notre Dame right now. Mm-hmm. Michigan has done it with a level of consistency that Notre Dame never has. Like, yeah. Until maybe, I think actually until last year, I would have said they were on par. Me too. The fact that they made the playoff again last year, beat Ohio State again last year, 
and again this year are this high. Like it's still we're we're not even halfway through the season yet, but yeah, I think that there's a level of consistency with which Michigan is doing that. That being said, I'll see it when I believe it. I'm not convinced <laughs> Michigan can do it. Okay. Bart, do you have any more thoughts? Um, I I agree with Lucas that I will see it when I believe it, but I would be shocked if they don't make the playoff. I, I would go that far. But national but national title then you don't believe. No, no, We're I still think they're title. contenders. I think they're okay, contenders, cool. but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. Not 100% contenders. Okay. <laughs> Wait, here's, I, th- I think here's, a, here's another interesting team than Texas. Mm. I, I, think, I think Texas might be my favorite out of the top three right now, to be honest with you. Interesting. I I Texas has looked really good. Did they look good against Wyoming? I mean, the, the, that was like 10-10 going into the fourth quarter. I don't know. Who cares? I, you, no, the, I, this is my other take, though, is I get, like same with the Freeman area. The Steve Sarkeesian era in Texas has not proven that they can win all the games that they're supposed to. They haven't proven that either. So I, I, that's where I'd be a little worried. That being said, I, also, I believe, I mean, I believe yeah, they, they have the talent Kansas. and they can win the title. I think Kansas is actually like a really good team this year too. And they, yeah, but but in year the Steve Sarkeesian like body of work we have right now has not at Texas. They haven't proven that they can just win the games they're supposed to and take care of business. So like, how what would it take this season for you to change your opinion about that? Go undefeated, just win the game, win the game, win the Big Twelve. They haven't done that oh, even okay. since okay yeah, since yeah, when yeah. like two thousand nine. I expect them to yeah. do that. This game against Oklahoma yeah. though, is going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah. I might be walking this back next week. <laughs> I think, I think, I think Texas is back. I think they have. I think they're a, a true oh. contender. But um, will I, even you could still technically be like a contender, like have the talent to do it and lose some random games, which I think could happen. But I, I will say, like in terms of like actually picking one, they're contenders for sure. Mm-hmm. Ohio State. No, no. We can. That's mm, a flawed okay. team. Flawed team. Okay, that's fair. They are a flawed team. Um, we'll see if their quarterback um, kind of comes into their own a little bit throughout the rest of the season. They still have a bunch of talent, but <coughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, if your run defense is as bad as it looked against Notre Dame, I think that's their biggest weakness. They're not going to. Yeah, it's. I mean, how bad was it though? Like, how much did we rush for in that game? Was it that bad? Let me look at the box. I estimate it was like. Pretty good. I don't know. I mean, if you look I, at the th- second half alone. Wait, what's the stats, though? That's what I want to know. No, this is We rest for 176. I don't know. That's not this is vibes. <laughs> yeah, we're, like, going off vibes. That like, oh, yeah, we... <laughs> Which we did. We did outrush him. 176. That's solid. Mm. That's a solid day on the ground. Yeah. But I don't know if that's, like... They got holes How in many, the, uh, like, you know, it's, like, porous. What was the What was the yards per attempt? Um, I just closed um, it. Because I suspect it was four and a half. That's okay. That, That's pretty. If it was in the sevens, if it was in like the sevens, I'd be like, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. What about Florida State at five? No. Oh. Oh. I think so. Just because Jordan Travis was that it? Yeah, Jordan yeah. Travis. Because he's if you have an elite quarterback, I think it's it helps a lot. Yeah. They've just been unconvincing in their last two games. They barely beat Boston College by two. They beat Clemson in overtime. And their marquee win against LSU looks not very impressive. Mm-hmm. LSU. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's totally Also true. dropped a game to Ole Miss. 
which leaves a blow whenever Southern plants need is persuasive in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, um, let's go down the list then. Penn State. I'm jumping in there. No way. They have not shown me anything in any of the last couple years <laughs> that they are good enough to win any of those big games. There's no way. We're so ready to say this. I because why? It's because Wyatt yeah. always tries to tell me that Penn State is better than Notre Dame when they haven't proven it at all. They haven't proven it. So yeah, I don't, I don't think, think Penn State is a better program than Notre Dame, and I, we all know my feelings on Penn State, but they look quite good this year. I think, I, I think they've looked better than Ohio State this year. I would agree with that. I, yeah. Do I think they can win? Hmm. But I don't. I don't think that it's outside their own possibility that they make the playoff. I, think I don't think they make Michigan a run for their money. I don't think so. Okay. They got to play Ohio State and Michigan. They play Ohio State in two weeks, and the or uh, the twenty first rather, and then they play Michigan in November. There's no way. I don't think they beat either team. Personally. We'll okay. Ohio State's on the road. Beating too. Ohio State is a, is a stretch of no. All. I don't think it's no. I don't think Ohio, Ohio State is looked. Not very good this year. <laughs> I'm so low on Ohio State. Okay, yeah. It's okay, so you have... Too, All, right, we'll, we'll get to... All right, we'll get to those teams later. All right, I'm going to jump in on this one, too. Number seven, Washington. They are criminally underranked right now. They are 100% title contenders yeah. this year. Their offense is legit yep. right now. Mm-hmm. I, Michael I, I, Penix I mean, Jr. I think Washington going crazy. Penix has looked excellent. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that, that Arizona yeah, game kind of looks close, but Washington was, like, controlled that game, though, in terms of box mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah they have, their next game's Oregon too, which will be Yeah, that'll be fun. Speaking of Oregon's next, again, that's a I, maybe packed all buys here. I hundred percent think that they are national title contenders this year. Hundred percent. I don't think so, just because I think Washington's better. And I don't think Pac Twelve's gonna get too deep. Okay. But mm, if they beat Washington, they're in. That's fair. They probably won't get too deep. Yeah. They all play each other, it sucks. It's like fun. Yeah. Like Washington and USC play, they play Oregon, they play Utah, they play Oregon State. Like this, it's a gauntlet, actually. The the Pac-12 was going out with a bang this year. <laughs> yeah, there's a, yeah. a bunch of ranked teams. Bart, what do you think on Oregon? Yeah, I think I I think so. I don't know when they when they destroyed Colorado. I was like, I'm not going to read too much into this because maybe Colorado is just awful. Uh, but then Colorado kept the USC game close, and so now it's like. We, I either have to give Oregon their due or not give USC their due. I don't know. I think I think Oregon has looked very good this year, not even just that one game. So yeah, I would agree. They they look like they're contenders. Yeah, I mean, what is, if we look at? I'm looking up total offense stats right now. Doesn't Oregon, Washington, Oregon, and USC literally have the top three offenses in certain in terms of yards per game? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy. It's the, the Pac-12 being good for quarterbacks. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah exactly. It's still true. And or, so Oregon is, is scoring 51.6, slightly less than USC, who is the number one offense in the country, scoring 53.6. But Oregon's defense is also only giving up 11.8. So, like, they're basically USC mm-hmm. with a good defense, to be honest. So I think they're mm-hmm. 100% contenders. Yeah. No, Unless not, you don't think USC is a contender. Like, what do you think of USC, number nine here? I don't no? think so. I, well, I think the defense isn't good enough, but I do think I feel I don't know why, even though again we're I'm in no stats, just vibes <laughs> sort of mode. I have a little bit more faith in USC than Oregon, just because 
That's completely discredited. Lincoln Riley. Yeah, Lincoln <laughs> Riley has been there before. Caleb Williams is Caleb Williams. No offense to Bo Nix, but Bo Nix is a great college quarterback. Caleb Williams is a great quarterback. But like, I think that there's a very distinct difference between their skill levels, and when it comes down to it, I think that's very important. So, but, but it's the college football play playoffs. It's the college football playoff, though, so you can be a good college quarterback. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good point. But I, I, yeah, I trust Lincoln Riley to at least make it there more than I do Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning's been there with Georgia too, though. He was the head coach, but yeah, he's been there. The head coach, but the yeah, defense was the anchor. He might as well game. have been. Yeah, but no, Oregon's de- or- Oregon is USC with a good defense. They have a top. 10, I want to say. Yeah, top 10 defense. By the way, Notre Dame, 15, top 15 defense, 13 points a lot per game. Tied with Georgia. Interesting. Okay, um, Notre Dame's number 10. So so then you're, you guys are both saying that no. you know, we're not good enough. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think we are good enough. I think we're, cont- I think we're still national title contenders for sure. I just don't think there's any path to the playoff. I don't think even if Notre Dame yeah, wins there is. Out, they can make the playoff. There's a hundred percent a path. We knock if they, USC, if even they if they're Pac twelve champions, let's say USC's Pac twelve champions, we beat them, we have the head to head. So they get, you have to put us in front of them, for example. Pac twelve might beat themselves up because they're all playing each other. So the Pac twelve might beat each other yeah. up that way. Um let's say let's so SEC guaranteed to get a t- team in, Big Ten almost guaranteed to get a team in. Texas, if if Texas is the Big Twelve champion with even one loss, they're getting in. So that kind of leaves that one more spot between ACC champ. If it's not Florida State, they're not getting in. Um, and then, so we have to compete with an ACC champ, a Pac twelve or a Pac twelve champ, basically. But so, I, even yeah, if I they make think... it, I, I would book right now. They will not win the first game of the playoff if they even make the playoff. They're not contenders. Even if we beat, so even if we beat USC, that wouldn't show you to that wouldn't show to you that we're contenders. Well, because I don't think USC is all that good either. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. I think so. As hard as I was on Notre Dame in the previous segment, I still think we do have the talent to be to be like a, a true national title contender because I think the parity is there. I think the parity of a college football is there this year. The parity this year is certainly yeah. there. I okay, let's go to these extend. next. Go ahead, Lucas. I was gonna say, can we extend two more? Because I think that's interesting as well. Eleven and twelve. Yeah, yeah, no, that's I was planning on. It. I was planning on starting at twelve. Yeah, so eleven is Alabama. I don't think yes. they are. I don't think they're national title contenders. Oh, I think they absolutely are. Interesting. I think they absolutely what? are. Talent. And they've really turned it on in the past couple of weeks. I think after the Texas game, I think they picked in the gear a little bit. They pretty thoroughly dominated Mississippi. They really dominated Mississippi State. I just can never doubt Saban. Yes, I know Tommy Reese is Tommy Reese. But I think that they've really sort of kicked it into gear. And I could see it working out pretty well for them. But maybe I'm a little optimistic and tied to my, you know, that my college football, like, my strongest memories are, like, 2010 through 2018. It's, like, my my enduring memory of college football, which is the Batman era. But I think they can. Okay. I don't think so. I think the difference between Alabama and Notre Dame, for example, is that Notre Dame, like, did not get outclassed in that Ohio State game, like we said. Like, they didn't weren't, like, out physical or whatever. Where t- Alabama against Texas kind of did. Like, they got outgained by almost 100 yards. 
So like beating up on Mississippi State and all that stuff, I'm not sure what I, what stock I read it to that. And I kind of want the Alabama dynasty to be a little over, but that, that's just not. <laughs> Bart, what do you think? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out if I think that they've resolved their quarterback thing. I mean, Mil- Milrow or whatever has looked better, right? But yeah, he's looked better. Clearly, I just to me, it's you're a contender if you have a good quarterback. Apparently, that's how simplistic I am. I I would also <laughs> say I agree with you though, Jared. I don't think they are. Yeah, not this year. They'll get some transfer in though, and then they'll be a contender next year. They still have. I think like they'll go winless. <laughs> I'm pretty sure by the team composite rankings. Which, like, you know, whatever you want to read into that, Alabama has the most nas- talented roster in the country. So you're, you're on to something there, too, Lucas. Um, Notre Dame's 11th on that ranking. All right, and then lastly, last team we're going to do, sorry, Washington State, sorry, North Carolina, we're not going to talk about you, but Oklahoma at 12, who's 5-0, and kind of quietly, I think, too, playing Texas mm-hmm. this yeah, year. Very Contenders quietly. or no? I think if they win this week, they're not going to lose another game the rest of the year. Yeah. I would agree with that, but I don't know if... So the question is, will they win this week? Yeah. I really have not but watched enough no. Oklahoma football to say, to be honest, if I'm really being honest, they've been so under the radar that I'm like, yeah, I don't even know. I mean, they haven't really been challenged in any game at this point. So. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's I a lot of Michigan. 5-0. and oh. Sorry, Luke. Yeah, yeah. I haven't... I just... They've been so quietly five and zero because like they weren't contenders coming in, but they've been pretty thoroughly dominant. They don't, yeah, they haven't really challenged at all. I'm still they gonna say no. By seventeen, and I still say no, but that just might be because I haven't watched enough. Of them. Yeah, I honestly haven't watched enough of them to really say. But it'll look better if we all say no and then we're wrong than if we said yes and we're wrong. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's a lot of there's a couple other really interesting undefeated teams. Uh, we won't get into it, but shout out Washington State, who's four and zero right now. North Carolina's four and zero right now. Miami, are they back? They're four and zero. They're only ranked seventeenth. It's been a little quiet for them, but they're four and zero too. Kentucky, I think who's playing Georgia? Isn't Kentucky playing Georgia this week? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah that, at, it's at Georgia though, so that's that'll be tough. Yeah. They were like the first SEC team ever, like one of the few SEC teams ever who was undefeated through four games. Or what are they now? Five and zero. Oh? Yeah, undefeated yeah, through five. four games, and they weren't ranked at that point. So it's really, really? That they only got ranked now. Yeah. So people are like, they're super underrated, and this game against Georgia might actually be a very close one. Yeah, yeah. Missouri too. Who they play the week after that? It's a good one too. Missouri's also undefeated, right? Yeah. Yep. Five and zero. Oh. Fresno State five and zero, oh. and Louisville, who Notre Dame plays, five and zero oh as well. Yeah, I okay. Yeah, I guess Lucas. you could like sort of track parity by looking at like how many undefeated teams there are mm-hmm. like through each mm-hmm. week in the season, right? I wonder mm. we have a lot of undefeated teams right now. I wonder how high it is relative to past years. Yeah, that's true. We haven't gotten like deep into conference play yet though, too, so we'll see. We'll see yeah. when that happens. Lucas, you want to close this out? Yes. Well, thank you for tuning in, everybody. A lot of college football talk today. Some Notre Dame, some general parody talk. So if you enjoyed more of that, make sure you tune in. We're on the slow and steady march to 200 episodes. We'll have uh, five more after this. So make sure you are subscribed for what we have. Some giant episode 200 is spectacular. Uh, make sure you're following us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or whatever it's called. We're on all theirs. Make sure you're downloading. <laughs> 
on social media we're at lunchpill guys underscore um twitter facebook no not facebook but instagram and tiktok um and we'll see you next time